Hello, and welcome to the Cherry Blossom Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Williams. This show is all about uncovering life's mysteries about money. If you've ever wondered how other people manage their money or the money mistakes they've made, well, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. We'll uncover these mysteries and more. On this episode, we talk to Shauna Gold. Shauna is a driven real estate professional with a strong reputation for integrity and work ethic. She's solutions-oriented and detailed-oriented and is recognized for her ability to forge lasting relationships and strategic partnerships. Today, she's going to share with us how she looks at money, and we're excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Shauna. So I'm so excited to have you here today, Shauna. Thanks for taking the time to share a little bit about you and your finances. Thank you for having me. And how we like to get started is asking you, what was your first job? My first job, uh, my first unofficial job, I was about 12 years old, and I had worked in a cafe uh, restaurant that friends of mine, uh, the parents owned. And then my first official job on the books, I was a chambermaid working cleaning rooms uh, at a ski hill in Kimberley. Wow. And it was very grueling. Grueling. And you would have learned a lot about personal people's habits. Yes. It was uh, (laughs) very eye-opening, the things that we would discover. Yes. Yes, definitely. (laughs) So you went from working in a cafe and being a chambermaid to being a realtor. So how did you get started in your profession? Well, I, prior to uh, doing what I'm doing now, I spent 14 years in the music industry, uh, eventually getting my way up to senior vice president of the management company. And I, eventually I, I burned out from that career and I was making a lot of money, but I had no time to do anything with that money. And so I decided I wanted to have a fresh start. And I was lucky that I got to take some time off and got married and traveled. And then I decided when it was time to go back to work, real estate was really appealing to me. I went and got my license initially to uh, look after my own investments. I had been re- investing in real estate at that point. By the time I got my license, I'd been investing for about seven years, personally. Mm-hmm. I didn't always love the advice I'd been given, so I wanted to take control of my own investments, and then I quickly realized that I actually really enjoyed the job. I mm-hmm. loved working with people and helping yeah. them find a home, and the momentum of getting sales awards every year was really inspiring to just keep doing more and more and I've never looked back. Yeah, congratulations. That's great. Yeah. You. Be able to merge your interest and your work, I'm sure is very rewarding. Yes. Yeah. Very yeah. And it, I'm sure it shows through for your clients too. <laughs> so then once you start to get the momentum in your career, then how did you start handling your money and your wealth in uh, for you personally? Uh, so I was lucky that my mom, who used to work at the Royal Bank when I was younger, she was wise and had me start investing in an RRSP very early. Uh, So I had that going for me. But I, once I started making money in the music industry, and I was traveling over 300 days a year. Wow. Uh, So I was making money. I didn't have any idea of what to do with it, but I thought I'm going to invest in real estate. So having a place that I could come home to mm-hmm. seemed like a good idea. And yeah. quite frankly, that uh, investment in real estate has been a really uh, uh, beneficial to myself mm-hmm. and my family now. Yeah. 
Excellent. So were there any big money mistakes over the years? It sounds like with a mom at RBC, you might have had a helping hand, but were there any big money mistakes that you made? Uh, yes, I've, I've made many, <laughs> which they're all uh, learning experiences. Yes. Uh, but one of the things uh, that I learned the hard way was I was so busy traveling around, uh, looking after my artists, you know, their careers and actually their personal uh, lifestyle, making sure they had the right people looking after their finances, that I wasn't looking after my own. Mm. And I just, I had a financial advisor that I didn't really look into. I just trusted him and he continued to make money and we would sit down once or twice a year. I wouldn't really understand what was happening and I just kept losing money and eventually when I stopped the music career and had time on my hands, I evaluated what was going on and looked to find, you know, people like yourself who connect with and trust and know that you were really looking after, you know, mm. your clients' interests. So yeah, the mistake was I wasn't looking after my own mm -hmm. uh, investments properly. Mm -hmm. Didn't have the right people surrounding me yeah. to help me out. Yeah, and I think that's a really, really important point. It's, it's good to get professional help the way you help clients from a real estate perspective and the way I help clients financially. But if there isn't a fit, we tend to maybe rely on them thinking that this is the only solution. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just trust them. You take care of it and, you know, you do that for me and I don't have to worry about it. But just because you have someone looking after your finances doesn't mean that you shouldn't be paying attention. Yeah, very and good And making point. sure that you understand. Yeah. So actually, you know, we would sit down twice a year and I would leave those meetings still not understanding anything that was happening for me. Yeah. Uh, and it was terrible. So I actually went and took my Canadian securities course wow. after, just so that I could have better informed discussions yes. with uh, my financial. Uh, that is a very staff. extreme step, but well it was. Done. <laughs> I was the only person in the course who was not working in the financial, financial industry. industry. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So now, with having taken your Canadian securities course and being a realtor, do you have an investing philosophy now? Well, first and foremost, find someone that you trust and connect with and that you're comfortable asking questions, uh, making sure you understand someone who can articulate, you know, everything that's happening and walk you through. Uh, finances can be very complicated, mm -hmm. but someone who's really good at their job can make it simple and just help you and your family plan. So for me, uh, it's just finding good people yeah. uh, who are in your corner and looking out for your best interests. Yeah. Um, and yeah, don't be afraid to ask questions and make sure that you just, yeah, pay attention, pay attention, mm -hmm. pay attention. And I think that's a really good point. If you don't feel comfortable asking questions, then you're likely not with the right person. Yeah, that's a red flag for sure. Yeah. Find someone that makes you feel comfortable. It doesn't make you feel small for not understanding it. It's their job to, to be there for you and support you and make sure you feel good about, you know, planning for the future. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. So... With your investment philosophy, do you include giving or philanthropy? What's your take on giving and philanthropy? Uh, philanthropy is huge in my life. It's I was raised to always give. I mean, I grew up in a very simple lifestyle. We didn't have a lot, but my family still always gave, supported all kinds of charities, financially and just in time volunteering. Mm -hmm. I personally give... A, a large percentage of everything I make to a handful of different charities of my uh, that are charities that are important to my family, 
And then if I get referrals from clients, I also then end up in transactions, give, you know, ask them what their charities of choice are so that I can give back to them as a thank you. Because, uh, yeah, giving back is very important to me. Mm-hmm. And I now have a son who's four years old, and I want him to see that, you know, it's not all about us. It's about giving back mm-hmm. for the greater good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's a really great insight, too, in that it's often with an introduction we're giving back to the person to say thank you but by asking them what their charity of choice is and then giving to that charity you're helping yourself say thank you but you're also helping them do good as well which is really interesting yeah yeah it feels good for yeah. me yeah so I love I, it I, I really feel strongly about mm-hmm. even in, when I worked in the music industry one of the greatest things that I enjoyed most was giving back and having the artists go and do all kinds of charity work. Yeah. Uh, was always, yeah, favorite part of it. Yeah. I, you know, we are so fortunate in Canada and, you know, where we live. And we sometimes forget that with the pressures of day-to-day living and having that giving philosophy is a really great anchor to remember that we are yes. really blessed. We are so fortunate yeah. to live where we live and have all that we have. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well done. So you, you mentioned you have a son. I do. So, you know, how do, fact, how do children factor into your financial planning and what advice are you giving your, your child when it comes to financial uh, planning? You know, you've mentioned giving, but are there any other things that you're, you think about? I mean, when I, it was funny, we used to go and eat out all the time and travel. We spent lots of money, uh, in a different way. As soon as our son Levi came into the picture, you know, it pushed us to go make sure we got our wills in order, that we got life insurance policies for us, we got a life insurance policy for our son, yeah. uh, wanting to make sure that he set up the RESPs. Yeah. Uh, it seems like our whole focus now, since he came around, is for him and his future. Mm-hmm. Uh, how it, and so doing what we can to financially set him up, but also not at the expense of take, working so much that we're not around for you know, being, being there to spend time with him today because you never know what the future's going to hold. So work hard, plan smart, make sure you're working with someone like yourself to, to make sure we're making the right choices for him uh, and maximizing, you know, the income we're making now. Yeah, that's great. Him. Yeah, fantastic. And he's still four years old, so talk Just turned four, just turned uh, four. Uh, last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> neat. What a great age. Yeah. So it's still a bit young to be talking specifically about money tips. Um, yeah but to him specifically. Yeah, Yeah. once he's uh, a little bit older, though, we'll definitely be, you know, I want to do for him what my mom did for me, which was, you know, start investing early, yeah. uh, be smart with your money. So, Carla, what I talked about the the piggy bank. Yeah. So, when he, Levi has one piggy bank, and probably he's a year away from the ideas that she articulated at that very first uh, mm-hmm. financial success cafe. Maybe I should say Cherry Blossom Cafe. That's fine, yeah, Cherry Blossom Cafe. So the very first Cherry Blossom Cafe that I attended with Carla Wood, and she talked about the three piggy banks to teach her kids at a young age. So one is for saving, one is for giving, and then one is for spending. And getting those concepts early on, uh, something I thought was a a brilliant, simple way to convey uh, all of those ideas, and it's something we're planning on doing Mm -hmm. for Levi. Yeah, that's very 
Yeah. Very yeah. good point. Yeah, and, and yeah, good good memory. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is the one piece of advice you'd give your younger self about money? If you could do it all over again, what would you go back and say to her? Oh, you know what? In terms of the real estate investing that I've done, uh, I've sold a number of properties that I now look back in hindsight and go, oh, why didn't I hang on to that? Mm-hmm. And panicking, thinking that we would need to have that money in an emergency. And if it had just sat and we kept the property, uh, we would have been much farther ahead. But hindsight is twenty twenty. Yes, it is. So, And I always tell my clients, Often I have people come to me and ask me to sell their homes, and it would be great for me. I would benefit from that, but I've more often than not encouraged people to find a way if they want to buy something else, not to sell the property because mm-hmm. it's in their best interest. If you can find a way to keep it and hold it and still do the other things that you want to with your finances, always hang on to your real estate mm-hmm. long term if you can. Yeah. And that's so true because uh, real estate is a long-term investment and appreciates definitely over the long term. You the need long-term. the years. You do. So if you can afford to hold on to it and withstand, you know, it will always go up and down. Mm-hmm. But if you're physically living in it and can afford it or somebody else is in it paying your mortgage, yeah. vacancy rates are low. So you've got that stable income. The, the up and down doesn't matter until you go to sell it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if you can afford to, to hold a property, do it. Mm-hmm. Don't sell. And in a slightly different twist on that, would you say that's patience? Was that impatience? Was that fear? Was that worry? Was that uncertainty? Of, yeah, uncertainty, because no one knows what the market's going to do. And, yeah, yeah a lot of that fear and, and, and acting out on emotion, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, we always tell our clients not to do. But yeah. I know what it feels like to, you know, being a real estate uh, owner, investor, it's, it's it's easier said than done to not get emotional. Yes. Definitely. Especially when having, I made those decisions when my wife got pregnant and, you know, this uh, new chapter of our lives, having a, a child come into the world, you kind of panic a bit, mm-hmm. thinking a, what's going to happen, especially being self-employed. Yes, and that's a big <laughs> responsibility, having children. Yeah, and you, you, you can't muck around once you've got another little person to take no. care of. Yeah, yeah. But in hindsight, hanging on to it would have been, you know, a smart decision for his future. So mm-hmm. now I'm looking at trying to buy an investment property that he can have long term. So it's yeah. either be part of his retirement plan or a space that he can live in himself if yeah. he doesn't want to live at home. Yeah, that's very neat. Yeah. So you're thinking uh, not just your lifetime, but beyond your lifetime, which Absolutely. is part of your really a part of your giving philosophy as well is that you're looking beyond you in your lifetime yeah that's very cool so what one piece of advice would you give your older self about money um, sit down with Lynn <laughs> and figure out cash flow uh, and make a proper budget I've yeah. been talking about doing a budget forever and it's part of being more responsible and for myself and my son and just getting a proper working budget and, and, and a full financial plan. So that's something that I need to uh, yeah. do a bit more uh, thoughtfully this year. Map out your the, the future goals that are medium and longer term as yes. opposed to yearly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, which is a good... Good advice to yourself. <laughs> I highly recommend it. <laughs> but yeah, I would. So that, that's awesome. Thank okay. you so much, Shauna, for your time. Really loved having a chat. And uh, thank you for sharing your thoughts on money. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Cherry Blossom Cafe podcast. 
You can check out the notes below for links related to this podcast. If there is someone you'd like us to interview, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, lifestyleprotector.ca, for contact information and more episodes. Music.